It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through right it. Now the COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show on Tom Sumner. we got a good one in store today uh, coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour. We're going to talk with criminal defense attorney and the author of uh, a debut novel called Good Looking. Um, kind of a crime thriller but we'll we'll get into all that uh, a little later in the show in the second hour this is going to be real interesting as well um a few weeks ago i had on uh, an award-winning investigative journalist susan mcclelland and she had worked with uh, uh, a holocaust survivor to write a uh, his his memoir uh, he's uh, Robbie Weissman, and the, the book was called Boy from Buchenwald, The True Story of a Holocaust Survivor. And it was a fascinating conversation. In the process, I invited her to come back and bring Robbie with her, which she, in fact, did. And we'll hear that, uh, that conversation coming up in the second hour of our three-hour tour, Susan McClellan and Robbie Weissman. But up first, and uh, joining me by phone is... Um, Bible scholar and author David Heron. His new book uh, uh, talks about the uh, the sign uh, heralding 
Jesus's second coming will be written in the sky and he compares certain biblical events to uh, astronomical positioning and we'll get into all of that with uh, David Heron who joins me by phone. Hi David, welcome to the show. Yeah, hi Tom, it's good to be on. Um, the book is called The High Sign, um, which is, is a bit of a play on words I suppose. Um, yeah. But but let's talk about this. You have studied um, different events uh, throughout the last couple of decades. Uh, the, the flood of Noah, uh, the demolition of, of Sodom, the plagues of um, Exodus, and of course the arrival and second coming of Christ, and how astronomical events are tied to these things. Um, how significant is that? Are, are these things um, foretold simultaneously? What, what is the relationship between the events that are told in the Bible and what it looked like in the night sky? Well, people have been reading the night sky like that forever. Since people have been on Earth, they've been fascinated. That's how we got the signs of the zodiac and how we get the constellations. And some of those things I have to admit I, I can't see. <laughs> but people <laughs> are imaginative. But this is this is more dramatic and more specific. Um I just want to take maybe a minute to to backtrack a little bit. Sure. For my entire career up until two years before retirement, I was a sports writer. And and then all I was a Christian, yes, but I was a sports writer professionally. And then I was reading in the book of Isaiah, as I often well, I read the Bible, and I, and I got to Isaiah 6, 8, and for the first time in my life, I stopped, and, I, and, I, and Isaiah is hearing this conversation between um, the triune God among himself, uh, or themselves, with he talks, <laughs> talking about three persons in one, and he's hearing this conversation, and I, I'm just picturing that little Isaiah and, and they're saying, well, well, we've got a problem here. Who, who shall we send who will go for us? And Isaiah um, kind of timidly says, here am I, send me. And I felt the same way. And I'm sure it came out like that. It came out, timid, here am I, send me. And what happened was I became, overnight, I was not a sports writer anymore. I was researching scriptures, and I was in the end time scripture in Isaiah. And the very next day, I started to see some of the stuff and how it how it happened and how it and what it meant and some common things, some common threads that went through these catastrophic events all through the Bible. There was something like two dozen of them in the Bible, and I began to see similarities among them. And I started studying the details, and and little by little, I came to the conclusion that there was a common denominator among them, that the Lord had this particular thing that he used in the sky, something that could, could do damage on earth and, and did kill people, a lot of people in some of these events, that was his. And um, I may as well try it out and say it. I think it's a comet. Uh, it's the only thing that we know about capable of doing all the things that that happened uh, in the flood. 
causing all those catastrophic things. And, of course, God, is you, whatever it was, even if it wasn't a comet, God was using it to fulfill his purposes on Earth. And a lot of people were getting very frightened. A lot of people were getting scared. A lot of people were dying in these events. And God, in some cases, used them judgmentally, and people were sinning. But in other cases, they were more demonstrative, such as the celebration of Christ's birth and, and his return. Um, anyway, that's a summation of where we are and how I got into this. Well, that is probably the best-known example of something astronomical tying with a, a major event in the Bible, and that, of course, is the birth of Christ and um, the, the star that the wise right. men followed to, to find the location of Christ's birth. Um, but there are two events that people speculate about wildly. And they are Armageddon and the second coming of Christ. What do you see? What are you able to put together in terms of these prophecies that other well, biblical scholars don't or haven't? Well, one thing that I've, I, I do, and that is I rely on what Jesus said. That's number one. Uh, people who have... Who have Speculated that a that a lunar eclipse would be would be the sun. People speculate other things. I don't even think those are possible because lunar eclipses are only visible in a very small part of Earth, and we know that every eye is going to see this event. But um, what I do is I look at what Jesus said, and to me the um, the, the, the keys. There, there's more than a couple places, but the keys are Matthew 24 and Luke 21 where he goes into a lot of detail, and not, not only about the events, the event of his, of his return, but also things leading up to it. And then he comments afterward, telling us, and I think this is the most important part for us, whether we, whatever we think it is or is going to be, um, what he says about fearing nothing and standing firm and being watchful and alert, things like that are key for us. Because, because if we do those things, whatever it is, we're going to recognize it. But if we're not paying attention, um, we could be in trouble. <laughs> you know, uh, we, we, we could be like Peter, who thought nothing, he thought that Jesus was indestructible. And then when he found out he wasn't, he panicked and turned and ran and fled and denied him. Um, Jesus, in his prophecy, said that a lot of Christians would deny him and betray each other. Well, that's a very bad thing. Very, very, very bad. And so I think the important part of it, even more so important in recognizing what the sign is, is the behavior uh, patterns that, that we pursue along with it, whatever's going on. There are certain things we need to do. We need to trust him no matter what. Uh, it's just we need to love our enemies. We, we, they're, they're principles that, that he has propounded. And these are the things that are the most important. Some of the signs that, that people uh, draw from the Bible about coming events seem 
cryptic to most, um, or or at least, um, what's the word I'm looking for, David? It, it doesn't seem exact or precise. Um, oh, okay. You know, is is the pandemic a plague? Uh, you know, those kinds of things. They're they're easy to read things into to say that we are seeing these signs from the Bible. How are you able to put together uh, these events and, and this information to form a different conclusion than other theologians? Well, I just put it all together. <laughs> <laughs> there's only one thing poss- there's only one thing it possibly could be that that is known to us that circulates through our solar system that could even possibly uh cause these dramatic uh, even deadly events like Sodom, this terrific explosion and com- comets can do that they have a lot of sulfur in them they have, they can generate tremendous explosions as we saw in nineteen ninety four when the comet jumped to drop a bunch of explosive pieces onto Jupiter. But none of, none of the other things that are being talked about, such as asteroids and, and lunar eclipses and that kind, of, they are they they have come nowhere near a comet as far as their ability to do these things. In fact, NASA and I heard this on a TV show, and I was surprised because it was about comets. The show was about comets, and it was about 15 years ago. And I thought at the end, well, they're going to talk about how they're going to bomb it, and they're going to do this and that. And in the end, they came right. On. The guy speaking for NASA came right on and said, "Well, we can't do a thing about a comet." He said, "They are they are nature's um, unstoppable projectiles." And I said, "Whoa!" You know, I already had been coming to the conclusion that the sign might be a comet, but when NASA came right and said that, "Well, there's nothing we can do." It was like, well, yeah, because this is going to be the large thing, and there's not going to be anything that people are going to be able to do. Well, and that that raises the question: is is the comet a sign, or is is it um, an instrument of of destruction or or setting the reset button? Judgment, I would say, rather than destruction. Uh, because God does have a way of judging when when um, people are sinning. That was what the flood was all about. Um, yeah, partly, partly judgment and partly both of those things. Um, it, it will be an attention attention getter too, because it it will be, in my opinion, greatest evangelistic tool in history. Uh, when people get frightened, and they're going to be frightened, they turn to the Lord. If if and this is the big if. There's somebody to tell them. So, so Christians need to do what Peter did after he came back. Not the, not the fleeing that he did initially, but after he came back and stood up and preached, and he didn't have a microphone, and his voice carried throughout the city. This was an astonishing speech, and so many people were saying, this is the kind of thing we're, gonna, we're going to be uh, faced with the opportunity to do if we as believers David, David I'm, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have to take a short break here. Can you stick around a few minutes? Because I want to talk some more about this. Sure, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, 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 that's fine. Uh, my okay. guest is David Heron. He is the author of a uh, 
new book called The High Sign. We'll be right Hello back. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. 
and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. My guest this hour is Bible scholar and author of a new book called The High Sign that uh, says a sign heralding Jesus' second coming will be written in the sky. His name is David Heron. He joins me by phone. David, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. No, no, no problem at all. She has to pray a little bit. Um, David, you have identified... uh, 200 points of evidence involving 24 scriptural uh, scriptural events that support what some call an unconventional interpretation of the Bible's end-time prophecy. And in in the last segment, you said people would and should be frightened, um, but they could be prepared if they were watching and paying attention. What do they need to be looking for? Well, for one thing, we can see preliminary signs that Jesus described in, in his sermon when he was asked about what would be the sign of his return. He didn't just come right out and say, it's going to be blah. He came out and gave, gave a whole bunch of events that were leading up to it. And we, and we can see some of those things coming to fruition and some of them are not nice, what Jesus prophesied, and such as persecution of Christians, and we're seeing that more and more and more in different parts of the world now. But that was, in fact, that was the thing he, he talked most about, was um, the, the persecution of Christians. I think something like 10 verses of, of Matthew 24. Um, but there were other things, too, and, and we can see the, these signs, such as revolutions and, and uh, things that have happened throughout history, but are happening more now, kind of indicating that we are entering into the end time. And I don't think I'm alone in thinking that. I think I think many, if not most, Christians are thinking, well, we're, we're getting into the end time now. Um, it, it's because of this and that and this and that, a lot of little things that kind of adding up to, 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 to well, yeah, this is, looks like it's it. Um, yeah, that's it. that's it. Well, David, I, I mentioned earlier that coming up in the next hour of the show, I'm going to be talking with someone who survived the uh, Holocaust. He was a young boy um, in, in, toward the end of World War II, and he lost a lot of family in the, the Holocaust and was part of a group of some children that were taken to France. And as you point out, there have been times in history when horrible things have happened where I think it would be easy for people to say, um, oh, this is, this is definitely a sign of the, of the end times. Um, I, I, I can't imagine anybody in a concentration camp not thinking that they were living the end times. And we've certainly seen similar, well, few things are similar, but we've seen other horrors that would inspire people to think that they had seen it. And as you say, we're seeing these these horrible acts, whether it's school shootings or the attack on the Capitol or 
floods and hurricanes and and uh, the pandemic and and all of these different things and they seem to be happening with more frequency but some people are saying well we're able to report more frequently the things that are happening around the country and around the world which is it are we better informed or are these things happening with greater frequency and how should we look at these things well i think they're happening uh, with a little greater frequency i'm i'm not not young okay i've been around a long time and i've me too david (laughs) I've, i've seen changes but i'm seeing a more dramatic turn and i gotta say it for the worse and that's really what jesus was prophesying dramatic turn for the worse leading into the end times and of course that that's pointing directly to judgment uh, different kinds of judgment here and there you know um, eternal judgment for for uh, for the people who do not believe in, in jesus as their savior but also temporal judgment on nations that are not faithful to do as 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 Jesus instructed. And I don't want to get into the details because it gets a little political. But when you look around the United States of America, when I look around, I'm seeing now a country that is no longer the um, admirable place that it was when I was growing up. It was it was really, um, of course, I didn't realize it at the time, but I mean, yeah, it was really. Well, back as back in the fifties, it was really a great place. Now it's gotten very decadent, and it's, it's openly so. As as you point out, David, and and I'm not, I, I don't want to draw you into uh, a political discussion, but we've certainly seen a situation uh, evolving in in the U.S. that is extremely divisive, and it's not new that there have been opposing points of view. But what seems to be new is the vitriol and the hatred associated with it. Yes, um, exactly. It's it's, it's um, you know it's it's no longer civil discourse. It's I'm right and you're a moron. Yeah, and we get that unfortunately from people we're supposed to be listening to on the TV news. And I can say that because I was in the news for so long, and I've, I've seen this, this happening, where, where my profession has become totally decadent. When you started your research, and and you started uh, um, putting together what eventually ended up in the book, did you have the book in mind, or did somewhere along the line you go, boy, I just have to share this with people? You know, it's interesting, but I think that since I made that prayer, um, the Lord has just changed the direction of my life. The next day, I started seeing these things, or perceiving them, which I had never perceived before in the Scriptures. I'd read it. But I was perceiving things I had never perceived before and understanding them. And then little by little, as I got more and more into it, I, I began to realize, well, i got to write this. You know, and I thought, I think it, I think it was the Holy Spirit's communication. We, okay, this is it, and you got write this, please. And so there have actually been now, I'm, on, I'm working on my ninth Christian book now, 
and most of them have themes that are in some way tied into the to the end time is that the next big thing or the biggest thing when you say that are you referring to the what? end times okay the end time um the end time includes a whole bunch of stuff and the end of the end time of that's kind that's kind of what i'm getting at david is yeah, is it returns at the end of it but there's a whole bunch of stuff up front and and, and jesus in, in his sermon mostly in matthew 24 but also in Luke 21 he goes he goes into it he goes through the through it little by little by little little starts with famines and earthquakes etc cetera, etc cetera, and then you will be persecuted and put to death etc and all nations will hate you because of me and it's one thing after another that you, christians will betray and hate each other there'll be a lot of false prophecies we're seeing that um it's just one thing after another and as you add them all up um and you see that they are all present in different degrees, it, it kind of puts it together. It's not like they're saying, well, we just had this terrible thing happen, so we must be in the end times. No, it's just one thing after another, and some of them are little things, but all of them seem to be happening. And they're all tied to, um, well, all of the major events in the Bible, as, as we discussed earlier, um, there's an astronomical component, uh, a, a certain map in the sky that coincides with a particular event. Is there is there a prelude to the event? Are there certain things that we can, uh, certain astronomical signs that you mean, we you can... You mean a prelude to the return of Jesus, is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, he himself um, listed seven points, and you know, all of them are, are originating in the sky above, so you know this is, this is a celestial event. And, and, and when you get into that, you realize that a comet is, is the only celestial object that can be seen by every human being in the world at the same time. It's just a... Uh, an incredibly spectacular, powerful, dangerous, deadly thing. And it can be used by God for all kinds of things. And, and um, Emmanuel Velikovsky, who was a great student of this particular subject, he, he believed that the manna that came down from heaven, manna coming down from heaven, he said it was from the comet. He said comets are, are perfectly capable of of having uh, such such things in their presence, and and they get too close, and the, the gravitational pull from the Earth pulls them down. Anyway, that's just a point, okay? But a lot of a lot of these small points in, in some of these events, they kind of add up, and, and I just kind of added them all together. Um, there were actually about a hundred uh, actual points of evidence regarding the events. But there were also a lot of points of evidence involving um, other aspects, such such as the, the um, description in the scripture. The most common scriptural symbol of a comet is a sword. In fact, they were called sword stars. And lo and behold, when you read the old the end time prophecies, 
you find the sword mentioned more than, I think it's more than a hundred times. And to me, this is kind of just one more little point of saying, well, if you're paying attention here, it's the sword star, it's the sword star, it's back. And there are all kinds of them. And they come in, they come in cycles, like, like Howie's every 70 years or so. And there was one comet that would come every 53 years and do a whole bunch of damage. And this was the one that scared David so much that he counted his military, and God didn't like that. But he, he wasn't trusting God. He was, he was getting nervous about it and doing something he shouldn't have been. God doesn't want us to be worried. He doesn't want us to be upset. He wants us to know that no matter what happens, I'm not going to use the word control, because God doesn't control us like puppets. But he does kind of govern what's going on. And he allows some things, and he, he stops some other things. He ultimately is the source. So he doesn't want us to be worried. In fact, he says, do not worry, do not be afraid, do not even worry about it. Trust me, because I've got this thing. It does, I guess what I was trying to, to get at, David, is if there, if there are astronomical signs that serve as almost a, a countdown. That yeah, we that no, we I, can I predict when something will happen because of what's happening in the sky. No, we can't predict when. In fact, Jesus said he himself did not know when, and that the only one who did was his father. And that we are not going to know when. Everybody wants to know when is Jesus going to return, but he he said we're not going to know that, and he has a good reason for 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 saying that. He doesn't want us to know when. He doesn't want us to be focused in, and, and <laughs> you know, it might, might be a couple of years of focus when people are just standing around doing nothing but, but worrying. <laughs> he doesn't want us to know when. He doesn't want us to know when. He just wants us to go on with our lives and obey what he said. Uh, but yeah, the, the astronomical signs are are getting more and more. And, and the Jupiter event in 1994 was a great illustration for us. It was photographed um, by telescope. These 22 pieces of the comet striking Jupiter with incredible force. Some of the explosions were Earth-sized. Comets are just unlimited as far as what they could do to the Earth. But Jesus, of course, is going to control the comet. He will control the comet. He doesn't control me and you, but he will control the comet. Does what we know uh, about and argue about as as climate change or global warming have any relationship to what we're talking about? Not, not in my research. Um, I, Be, I because it seems, it seems like you've drawn some examples from what's going on in the world and what's going on in the sky and what's told right. in the Bible. And in trying to draw those things together, and I just wondered right. if, if um, you know, climate change itself was an instrument. No, I, I don't think so. Although there's no question that the presence of a comet could cause terrible climate changes, and there was an ice age right after the flood, which I think unquestionably was caused by the comet, because when you get a comet, you get darkness, you get cold, 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 cold weather because the sun can't shine through it. Um, so it can, oh, definitely there can be a relationship, although I don't necessarily, I'm not a big believer in climate change. It changes this way for a couple of years, and it changes that way for, no, I don't think that really has 
gotten to the point where we should be worried about it because there, had, there, there is no definitive sign that, that it's getting too hot or too cold all of a sudden. There's been some ups and downs. There's always been ups and downs, but I don't see any evidence of climate change being catastrophic, at least not yet. And you've said, you've used the phrase several times, the comet. And for some reason, because, I, I guess because of Halley's Comet, because it has a name, I think of there being multiple comets flying around in the universe. Um, is, is there a single comet, do you think? No, I, I, don't, it, I think it's probably, it may be, okay, and I speculate on this in the book, there are signs that it may be the 2,000-year, a 2,000-year comet, because um, if, if there was one in Eden, as I think, and then 2,000 years later there was one when the Earth got divided, um, and then 2,000 years later there was one, actually there was one at Jesus' birth that was, pl- was placid, it was just in the sky to be visible, and then at Jesus' death there was one that caused a whole lot of destruction and, and, and darkness and, and fear. Um, and then another 2,000 years from that would bring us to not too far in the future, although comets are not always on the money. You know, they can vary by a number of years depending upon the uh, where they go. If they get too close to a planet, they can be held up for quite some time. They could even go into orbit around the planet. So you can't say it's always going to be the same number of years in an orbit of a, of a comet. But I think that the, there is a possibility that this one does have an orbit of about 2,000 years. There's a, a comedian I saw once talking about uh, Jesus and the fact that, you know, he was a carpenter and he said ultimately that makes him a contractor. And I'm just saying. If he's a contractor, he ain't coming. Um, <laughs> which, which is, you know, a little bit silly, but um, I, I use it to bring up the idea that, it, it, as, as many people believe, there is a second coming of Christ. How will people know that that's who it is? Well, I, I don't think that unbelievers will. I think it will be, I think in the beginning, it will be recognized by people who, who, who belong to the Lord and who read the Bible and, and will recognize it as fulfilling the prophecies of Jesus and, and Isaiah and some others um, that is in the Bible. It's really the whole second half of the Bible. There are scattered uh, references to the day of the Lord, which Peter said that that's the day of Jesus' return. So wherever you see the phrase the day of the Lord, it might have relevance to, to the present time, but it's also looking ahead to the time of Jesus' return. Um, I think maybe I wandered a little bit off of your question. Do you want to pull me back? No, I, I, no I'll, I'll, I'll bring you back this way. There have been so many people uh, over the, I, I was going to say decades, but it's probably centuries, that want to believe and have been duped by confidence men and and false prophets of all kind and and I just I, I just wonder if 
if there's some quality that a true believer has that will allow him to recognize the true Christ? Well, I think the more the more he studies the Bible, and if he listens to preachers who are uh, sound theologians, he, he he will he will get he will get some of that, and in his own study, he might do like I do and come come across something like, "Whoa, I recognize that." This this happens to me quite a bit where. I might be one wandering around and wondering and thinking, well, maybe this isn't leading anywhere, and then all of a sudden, whoa, there, there's something, and oh yes, this this is on target. And the evidence, when when you count everything up, including including the events, the, the, the biblical events, there's 24 of those, and 25th will be the return of Jesus. Um, I say that by faith. You know, I know that not everybody believes that. But um, that's a lot of events, and each one of them had characteristics that that were definitely commentary, if I can use that word. It is a real word. Um, and, and perhaps even to the exclusion of other possibilities. Um, it was either Jesus was tossing these things with us with the bare hands, or else he was using a celestial tool and I think in most, in most cases he does use the tools that he has created. He, he's created all the tools he needs to accomplish what, what he wants to do. So I think in, in most of these cases, I think in all 24 of these, it was, there was a comic presence which scared people, really scared them, not, not just King David, but scared a lot of people because, because people knew that, that comics could be deadly. And... Uh, People like David understood that they had judgmental potential because um, uh, God ultimately is in control of, of the natural universe that he created. My guest is David Heron, uh, Bible scholar and author of a new book called The High Sign uh, about uh, uh, the sign heralding Jesus' second coming and how it will be written in the sky. And... Um, David, we're just about out of time, but I always give guests an opportunity to uh, let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future, as well as what we've been talking about. Obviously, your book and, and the Bible are good resources, but do you have a website? Uh, yes, and it actually has um, information in it about all of, all of my end-time books. Um, not the sports books, but but the you know, the Christian books. It, the website is End Times. That's plural times. Mystery singular dot com. End www dot end times mystery dot com. And uh, I think the book is seventeen dollars in hardback and eleven dollars in soft. It, it's reasonably priced. It's 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 not a tiny book. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's uh, not a tiny subject, David. Um, also, also one one other thing: Amazon.com has a has a page um, which is pretty attractive, um, showing some of my books, and this is on there, and it, it's available on there too for about the same price. And, and I think the Kindle price is lower on Amazon than it is on the website. Well, David, thank you so much for spending this time with me this morning. I appreciate it very much. Well, Tom, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Take care.
That was Bible scholar and author David Heron about his book, The High Sign. If you're listening to us on WFOV 92.1 LPFM in Flint, our voice is Radio WFOV. They are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my friend Paul Herring. We'll be back. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zondrick. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the back. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. 
The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Summer Program.com Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. There's a fellow by the name of Noah, built an ark. Everybody knows he built an ark. He said, what did Noah do? He said, well, he built an ark. But very few people know about the conversation that went on between the Lord and Noah. You see, Noah was in his rec room sawing away. He was making a few things for the home there. He's a good carpenter. Vuba, 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 vuba. Noah. Somebody call? Vuba, vuba, vuba. Noah. Who is that? It's the Lord, Noah. Right. Where are you? What do you want? I've been good. I want you to build an ark. Right. What's an ark? <laughs> Get some wood, build it 300 cubits by 80 cubits by 40 cubits. Right. What's a cubit? Let's see, a cubit. I used to know what a cubit was. Uh, Well, don't worry about that, Noah. When you get that done, go out into the world, collect all of the animals in the world by twos, male and female, and put them into the ark. (laughs) Right. Who is this really? What's going on? How come you want me to do all these weird things? I'm going to destroy the world. Right. Am I on candid camera? How you gonna do it? Gonna make it rain for a thousand days and drown them right out. Right. <laughs> 
Listen to this, you'll save water. Let it rain for 40 days and 40 nights and wait for the sewers to back up. Right. I'm just wondering, what would be the effect of an arc on the average neighbor? Now, here's a guy going to work 7 o'clock in the morning, Noah's next door neighbor, and he sees the arc. Hey! Yo, up there! What do you want? What is this? It's an arc. Uh-huh. You want to get it out of my driveway? I got to get to work. Listen, what's this thing for anyway? I can't tell you. Ha, 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 ha. Well, I mean, can't you give me a little hint? You want a hint? Yes, please. How long can you tread water? <laughs> of course, Noah had, had a heck of a job, really. He, he had to go out and collect all of the animals in the world by twos, two mosquitoes, male or female. <laughs> and uh, he had to keep telling the rabbits, only two, only two, only two. We find Noah pulling up the last two animals, two hippos, and he's really in a hurry to get them up because he's afraid that the Lord's going to call him and ask him to do something else, and his nerves are shot. This is one heck of a job for a man 600 years old. <laughs> so we find him pulling up the last two hippos, and of course the Lord does call him there. Come on, fat hippos, hurry up. Come on, will you please? Noah. What? <laughs> what do you want? Gotta take one of those hippos out and bring in another one. What for? Because you got two males down there and you need to bring in a female. I'm not bringing nothing in. You change one of them. <laughs> Come on, you know I don't work like that. Hell, I'm sick and tired. I've had enough of this stuff. I've been working all day, working on for days and days. I'm sick and tired of this. Noah? Yeah? How long can you tread water? <laughs> sick and tired of this whole mess of I've done. The whole neighborhood's out there laughing at me. You're all having a grand time at good old Noah there. I went out and got my best friend Larry. I said, Larry, listen, I've been talking with the Lord. Larry said, oh, really? I said, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> Lord Larry, Larry Lord. You walked up there laughing. I hear him all up there laughing at me. You know I'm the only guy in this neighborhood with an art. People around there laughing, picket signs, walking up and down. I'm sick and tired of this stuff here. People are walking around there. How you doing, Tarzan? How's everything up there? Sick and tired of this mess here. You're supposed to know all and see all. You let me go out there and bring in a pregnant elephant. You give me no manual for delivery and nothing. Never told me the thing was pregnant. Here's good old Noah waiting underneath the elephant there. Broom, right on top of the all that stuff for you running around and you're supposed to know all and see all like I said before you let me go out there and do all this stuff here you never even looked in the bottom of that ark have you looked down there no who's gonna clean up that mess down there <laughs>
That's me. I'll tell you that I've had enough for this. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm letting all these animals out, and then I'm going to burn down this ark, and I'm going to Florida somewhere because you haven't done nothing. I'm sick and tired of all this mess. You're fooling around, and you haven't done nothing except as you got it raining. It's not a shower, is it? Okay, Lord, me and you, right? Because I knew all the time everything was up. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Sumner 
TomSumnerProgram.com The Tom Sumner Program.com From the Tom Sumner Show Oh yeah You pilots get off my lawn We're trying to do a radio show down here It's a Tom Sumner program Don't you know Go on Go on get out of here